Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey, parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Special RJ Ochoa here, blogging the boys, covering the Dallas Cowboys. RJ, man, how you doing? I'm doing well, my man. It's good to be with you. Hope all is as well as can be in your neck of the woods. Uh, Hope uh, the fall is ready for you, or you're ready for the fall, I should say. Hope you're ready for the time to change. Um, Just doing everything I can to distract myself from, uh, from the Cowboys because it's been that kind of season. Hey, man, I understand, man, but you know, 
the Cowboys added to our misery in Atlanta, man. So let's talk about that game first. And the Falcons are playing the Cowboys at ATT Stadium. We're beating the, the Cowboys badly. The Falcons were, and all of a sudden, as Falcons do, <laughs> we choked the game. What are your thoughts watching that game when the Cowboys played the Falcons, man, and the Falcons lost the game on that uh that kick by Zerline, the harmless kick there? Um, well, um, at the time, the Cowboys were 0-1, just like the Falcons were. And uh, every year, people talk about the teams that start off seasons 0-2. So I was already kind of, you know, um, getting ready to, to sort of hit that angle, how the Cowboys are going to be 0-2 and how disappointing it was going to be, uh, which was uh, going to be very interesting, to say the least. But, yeah, I mean, um, you know, pe people say uh, – pe people like to say now when it comes to the Cowboys um, – you know, they're two and five, right, as we sit here today. Um, how, how they would have one less win if not for a crazy onside kick. And, um, and the onside kick obviously stole all the headlines from that game. But um, Julio dropped, I mean, the easiest touchdown I think he's ever going to have off that Russell Gage pass. Um, and so, I mean, if that happens, the, the whole onside kick and everything is, is never a factor. Um, it was, it was obviously crazy. It, it was, it was, I feel I, I was at, I've been to one Super Bowl in my life. I, I was at Super Bowl 51. Um, and so I, I mean, I obviously just kind of have a soft spot for the Falcons and, um, it's tough. Uh, I think Falcons fans are the only thing that Cowboys fans don't envy right now. I was there too, RJ, man. Uh, just say that flight back to Atlanta was not fun for me. I was there <laughs> in all my Falcons glory. <laughs> It just was not a, a fun fight back to the ATL after that, 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 that meltdown we had, man, in Houston. Sad day for, for us all in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, uh, my dad and I, you know, that year, because um, obviously we live in Texas, we had said, you know, because the Super Bowl was in Houston, we'd said, you know, re regardless who, who's in the Super Bowl this year, uh, we want to go, you know, we want to experience the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Like, you never know how many you're going to get to go in your life or whatever. Um, and that was Dak and Zeke's rookie year when the Cowboys were the one seed. And so for a long time, we were thinking, man, we're, we're going to luck out, you know, and, and the Cowboys are going to go and it's going to be awesome and everything. Um, and so we went and we just said, you know, let's, let's just hope for a great game. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what we really wanted more than anything. And to see the first one that went to overtime uh, was really cool and really fun. But, uh, but I'm, you know, certainly not for you, my bad. Now, RJ, let me ask you this, man. You know, the Cowboys roster, I, I see what they've done with Don Terry Poe now, Everson Griffin, Darrell Worley. And those are the guys that Steven and Jerry Jones signed on kind of cheap for agency there. Um, I feel like those misses are hurting them defensively. Plus, I feel like that Mike Nolan's defense is not geared to the personnel. This is more of a Rob Merrill, Ninelli, Pete Carroll, Chris Richard, Robert Sala cover three team defensively, who they have players wise. And, what my goals do with the three, four looks and it's not who the Cowboys the personnel is right now. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, Rod Marinelli uh, is the Cowboys' most recent defensive coordinator to Mike Nolan. And uh, Chris Richard was, was kind of a, a pseudo defensive coordinator, didn't have the title, but, but had a lot of the work and a lot of the responsibility. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to do anything, uh, obviously, in 2020. Uh, as we're all well aware, and the Cowboys tried to change a lot, and it's it's hard to do that over Zoom. It's hard to do that over Squadcast or Skype or whatever you're talking over FaceTime. And so I think it was a big challenge that they tried to undertake, which which is part of the problem. Um, I, I think part of the problem is the talent that they brought in. You mentioned Daryl Worley and Dontari Poe, not exactly players that that they hit on right away. The Cowboys also 
brought in HaHa Clinton Dix, who didn't even make the 53-man roster when it was set after training camp. Their biggest free agent signing was uh, Joe McCoy, who got hurt during the first practice and ultimately was cut for some, you know, contractual financial reasons. Uh, it remains to be seen whether he'll return to the team next season. The Cowboys also signed Everson Griffin during training camp and obviously traded them away this week. And so I, I think, you know, a, a lot of it, when, when you're two and five and, and everything's on fire, all of the problems are really visible, right? And so um, I, I think that that's part of the story. Um, but, but yeah, and, and I think, you know, the, the reality that, that's taken the Cowboys a little bit of time to accept is that what they had was, was not that great. I think they've, they've got a, a great piece in Demarcus Lawrence, who certainly, you know, it, it would be awesome if he played better. Um, Leighton Vander Esch has battled injuries for a long time, and, and it's hard to count on that. Jalen Smith, as incredible of a story as he is, is one of the worst linebackers in the NFL. And so the Cowboys are uh, paying the price for a lot of decisions they made both, you know, a couple of months ago and a couple of years ago. And um, it, it's sort of a perfect storm in this moment that it all collapsed, you know, right uh, all at the same time. You think that Tank Lawrence is, is in trouble, RJ? Because I feel like he's, his contract is kind of how, how good – he has a, kind of a bad contract right now. So do they look with his cap being lower next year, maybe moving Tank Lawrence maybe because uh, he's not performing up to that level of $100 million that they, they paid him? No, I think that Tank is safe. Um, I think he's the best player on the Cowboys defense. And would it be awesome if he had more sacks? Certainly – um, but, but I think, you know, I, I think if, if you're going to choose a piece to build around defensively, it's without question to Marcus Lawrence. And so, um, I, I think that, you know, other moves are certainly possible, but, but I, I would be shocked if, if they, you know, for whatever reason, wanted to move on from DeMarcus. Now, what I've noticed RJ is this, Dak Prescott, he should get paid anything he wants right now, RJ, because he covered up so much mess. Reminds me of Tony Romo when he was the eight and eight Cowboys all those years. He covered up so much was wrong with the Cowboys defensively on the offensive holes. Romo covered it up for the Cowboys. It's like Dak doing the same thing for you, the Cowboys now. And with him being gone, how just the bottom dropped out is like wow. You know, Dak is hurt the way he is. He's really showing his worth not being there right now. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Um, it's it's really ironic that, you know, there are a lot of Cowboys fans that, that learned how to appreciate Tony Romo in a really painful way, right? Um, and, and it's ironic that those same people don't appreciate Dak Prescott. And, um, you know, you can go back and forth and, and you can say the Cowboys offered him this. And, um, you know, Dak and, and Dak's team understood the, the situation. And, um, I don't think anybody can or should or would blame them for, for going about it the way that they did. He bet on himself, and, and I think he's hit on those bets. And it's, it's weird to, to talk about who wins the bet with him being hurt. Um, but, you know, two games into life without Dak Prescott, the Cowboys are a disaster. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, every week it, it feels like Dak's value is, is raised and is elevated. Um, you mentioned, I agree, he certainly co covers up a lot. And, you know, does Dak ever want a Super Bowl? No. But, I mean, you know, that, that's something that, that people focus on on, on a superficial level. Um, but, but he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and I think more than covering up things on the field, uh, you know, it was the first game without him that the Cowboys got blasted by the Cardinals that the anonymous report about discontent in the locker room comes up. I mean, Dak, Dak's their leader. And, and that sounds – you know, that sounds like Varsity Blues or Friday Night Lights or, or whatever sort of cliche you want to call it. But, but Dak is, is without question 
the unilateral leader of the Dallas Cowboys. They follow him uh, in a number of ways, which is kind of how he got the job besides playing well. He just is that guy. And um, and I think that there are a lot of quarterbacks that are kind of underappreciated by their their own fan base or their own team. I, I would certainly put Matt Ryan in that category as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see how the Cowboys navigate paying Dak Prescott uh, with a salary cap that might stay the same. Uh, who knows how social distancing still works in 2021. I mean, um, it does feel like we're in store for, for a really annoying offseason as far as that storyline is concerned. And Dak is very positive too, RJ. It's nothing that we realize. He's very positive. So his positive vibes help uplift guys who are maybe prone to mope and get down on themselves or get angry, angry by not playing. Dak's positivity brings them light and joy. So I feel like they're missing that factor as well. Yeah, and, you know, Dak is um, – uh, anybody that, that has followed his NFL career, I think – you know, there are guys around the NFL that are really easy to, to watch and to root for. Um, as, a, as a non-Cowboys example, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I've been, been a huge Russell Wilson fan from the moment he stepped in the NFL. Just you, you have everything about him, his whole Go Hawks thing. I know he's kind of corporate, but, but um, a really great guy and a really great face for the NFL. And, and I think that Dak is, is kind of the same way. Um, and I think anybody that followed him in college and, and certainly knows his story with, with his late mother, um, he's an easy guy to root for. And um, I think Dak went on on a limb a few months ago and was really vulnerable in talking about his mental health. And obviously that um, turned into a story for some unfortunate reasons um, about, about six weeks ago or so. Um, and it was really heartwarming to see how the world, sports world and the world beyond that reacted to that, uh, specifically Hayden Hurst, uh, another you know Falcon, um, the way he chased down Dak after that game ended. And so I think that, you know, um, I heard Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football after Dak got hurt. Um, he talked about how being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is kind of like being the prince of the NFL. And, you know, I certainly – I know the Cowboys um, get a lot of attention, uh, but, but it is different, obviously. I mean, you know, it's, it's different being Dak Prescott than it is uh, with no disrespect intended than, than it is being Gardner Minshew or whatever. And you, you are the face. Everybody knows who you are. And yes. I thought Tony Romo had a great point on, on that call where he said injuries like that ripple across the NFL. And so I do feel that, that Dak's personality is really highlighted in who he is. And I think it's really infectious. And I think a lot of people go to bat for him as a result of it, which kind of speaks to why the locker room loves him the way that they do. And R.J. Ezekiel Elliott, I feel like this is guy since he's gotten paid, he's just pretty much melted in, man. I don't know what's going on with Zeke. I mean, he does the feed me thing after the first downs, but my man, when you feed you, you fumbling, putting the ball on the ground, you're dropping church's money, my man. So, what, so what covering the way you do, man, what's been up with Zeke since he got, since he got paid last year, man? Um, I mean, kind of like Demarcus Lawrence, when you get paid – people expect you to, to break records every week, right? Like that's just kind of the way it goes. And, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, people that, that are against paying running backs just because of, of the idea of, of allocating resources to that position. And, and I certainly understand the logic behind that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's been tough. And I, I would, the, if, if I was looking to defend Zeke, at least in the here and now, I would say that, you know, the Cowboys have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL in its present form and its present state. Um, Connor Williams was the worst offensive lineman on the Cowboys last year, and he's the only guy left. Uh, Tyron Smith's out for the season. Lyle Collins is out for the season. Zach Martin missed last week against Washington. 
Um, you know, Travis Frederick, when, when Mike McCarthy signed up to be the Cowboys head coach, Travis Frederick was the team's starting center. He would go on to retire and Joe Looney, who, uh, who started in place of him when he missed all of 2018 battling the autoimmune disorder that he did, he's been hurt. And so the Cowboys are starting a rookie who they're very high on um, at center. But I mean, that, you know, so I, I mean, I, I know nobody wants to hear that, but Zeke's offensive line is terrible. His, his quarterback is, is not one of the more elite ones in the NFL anymore. And um, and the Cowboys are falling behind very early every single week. And so it makes running the ball a very difficult proposition. And I know that, you know, excuses are excuses, but, but there's, there's a little bit more that meets the eye to just, you know, Zeke's not, you know, getting 150 yards every week is all I'm saying. No, no, you're right. And I feel like fans can understand it. There's more to it than just, hey, Zeke, get yards or – Julio get y'all talking to get yards because it's about scheme, right. matchup, circumstances, things that you, that you the normal fan would not understand and see. Like if you're stacking the box with nine men in the box saying, "Hey, Dalton or Danucci or Cooper Rush beat me," he's not gonna beat you because you or you now you or you can like say so. It's like, hey, look at the defense. But Archer, you're not one of those fans. Don't understand the way we do about the game. They just want to see the team win and get and get their fancy team to win. win get all the points, but you got look at the schemes, matchups, and the things that go around different plays where you can determine, hey, this guy stinks or he doesn't stink, you know? Yeah, I think that that's well said, and I think that that idea is why Jason Garrett's no longer the Cowboys head coach. Um, you know, one, one, of, one of the worst moments for Jason Garrett actually came in Atlanta um, now almost, uh, almost three years ago to the day. It was November 12th, 2017. Uh, when the Cowboys played, I believe, for the first time in Mercedes-Benz yes, Stadium. Yes, it was an afternoon and, game. Uh, it, it rained that day. It was cold and rainy that day, I remember. <laughs> outside, yeah, it was cold uh, and rainy. It was, it, was cold, it was cold and rainy outside, and it was cold and rainy as far as Dak Prescott was concerned because Tyron Smith missed that game as well, and Chaz Green started in his absence. And, you know, the, the Cowboys have for so long operated under this mindset of, well, Tyron's out, so you, you've got to go be Tyron Smith, and it doesn't work that way. You know, um, you, you've got to do different things. You've got, to, you've got to give help. You have to adjust, and that's something the Cowboys have just been so bad at. And I, I think it's something they would be better at, honestly, in, in 2020, if they weren't just so decimated from an injury standpoint. I mean, the Cowboys have lost a number of players, um, and obviously really important ones like Dak Prescott. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough sledding for the Cowboys here in 2020, but they're – they're certainly in contention in the NFC East, which which makes everything all the more comical. And what's comical, RJ, is that, of course, at a Falcons home game, it was more Cowboy fans there in 17 and 18 than it was than Falcon fans. <laughs> so I, Matt Ryan was on a silent count at home with the Cowboys in town, so, which is awful. It happens all the time, RJ. This is, it's common practice for Matt Ryan's silent counts at home because it's fans outnumber the Falcon fans there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no question that Cowboys fans travel well. And, and I think that that, that effect happens um, when, when teams have really new stadiums. I, my dad and I went to uh, the Cowboys-Falcons game there in 2018, the one that the Cowboys won on the last second field goal. Um, and, and we picked that, that game because, you know, my dad and I would do a, a road Cowboys game every year. It's kind of our thing. And uh, in 2018, we said, well, the Falcons have a new stadium, you know, and I think a lot of people do. I think they say, oh, I, I want to go see that place or whatever. And so uh, while it's certainly a nice home field advantage in a lot of ways, um, it, it can invite a lot of attention in a negative sense like that. And I think that that's what happens. But, but it is a fabulous building. I would honestly say 
Um, you know, I've, I've had the fortune of being at AT&T Stadium a bunch of times, and, and I'm more impressed with Mercedes-Benz Stadium than I am AT&T Stadium, honestly. And it was sunny that day, and we in 18, and the roof was open. I remember that day. It was in the 70s that day. I remember that day. It was, the 70s. It was a warm day in November. I remember that. <laughs> it's like a good day, man. It's a good day, man. man for the last one I got for RJ is this, man, the Cowboys this year. I'm looking at it trying to be nice. I'm saying 4 and 12. What What are your thoughts, man? <laughs> I'm just being honest about it. Look at the schedule. Um. So, uh, so we do weekly picks, obviously, every week, right? And, and I, I've honestly picked the Cowboys every week, except for when they went to play the Seattle Seahawks. I, I took Seattle and obviously hit on that. Um, and I picked the Cowboys because it made sense to, I thought. Uh, I thought that they would beat the Rams. They obviously didn't. I thought that they would, they would beat the Falcons, and, and they got lucky and did. I thought they would beat the Browns, and, and then they failed. And, um, you know, the, the two games the Cowboys have played without Dak Prescott, um, on Monday Night Football, played against the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I really thought that there would be this rally around, you know, Dak, rally around Andy Dalton. I, I, I thought the team had a little bit more backbone to them than, than they clearly do. And, and so I, I was foolish in that regard. And last week, I, I really thought I, I, this, this is a really bad Washington team. Um, you know, I, I think the Cowboys are, are really bad, but, but not as bad as them and, and clearly wrong again. And so it's, it's hard to imagine – Honestly, the Cowboys winning another game, and I know that sounds dramatic. I know it sounds like a joke, uh, but but they are, you know, they're they're broken in a lot of ways. They're they're broken as a as an actual football team playing every week. Um, but but I think they're they're broken in spirit and, and they're broken in will, which is you know again not not to get all cliche and varsity blues or whatever, but um, this is a team that really has no backbone and no fight. And and I think that that was really seen by the world last week when Andy Dalton went down. And not a single Cowboys player challenged John Bostic as a result of it. And so I, I don't I don't think there's a switch that this team can can flip. I think this is a group of players that has shown before that when they check out, they're done. And, and I think that they've quit on this season. I think maybe they get lucky. Maybe they beat New York, you know, when they play them again, just because the Giants are such a mess. Um, maybe maybe next time they play Washington, you know, that they somehow get lucky. They get to play Minnesota, who, who are certainly a bad team. Uh, and that's coming off their bye, but um, it, it, it gets to play Cincinnati. I mean, but even that, you know, Joe Burrow, I think, has, has that team believing more uh, than, than any Cowboys player believes right now. And so, um, I, I mean, 4-12, and 12, honestly, uh, again, not to, to be silly, but it does – that feels optimistic at this point. And, and I think if you asked any average Cowboys fan, they wouldn't want to go 4-12. and 12. I, I think that most Cowboys fans, especially, you know, when you lose your quarterback for the season – um, it's hard not to check out as a fan, right? It, it's hard to, to get to get hyped. And so I think every Cowboys fan is willing to just say, hey, it, it wasn't it. You know, this wasn't it. And and let's let's focus on 2021. Let's, let's get a top three draft pick. Let's let's figure that out. Let's let's build around that idea. And let's hit the reset button because, um, you know, this 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 is a nightmare from hell. And uh, we wanted to end as soon as possible. I tweeted the other day. Uh, when the Dodgers won the World Series, that the last time the Dodgers won the World Series, uh, obviously, was in 1988. The 1988 Cowboys finished worse in the NFL and had the number one overall pick the following year. So hopefully that holds true again here in 2020. I was going with uh, Washington on Thanksgiving. I was going to go with the Giants. Those are the two games I was giving the Cowboys being nice. <laughs> you kind of read my mind. Those are the games I kind of looked at. Those are probably the ones they'll win because I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll want to beat the, 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 the Clapper, the, the Garrett. They want to beat him again. But I would say, RJ, this, that 
it shows that he wasn't the only problem. It wasn't just him. <laughs> it was more to it than then Gary Clapping. It was talent-wise picked by the Jones family and Will Will McClay, not so much a Garrett. And so Mike McCarthy, I don't know how you feel about this, that they go too, too bad with Jerry Jones maybe say, hey, reboot all together and get him out of there too. I know he, ain't, I know he hates to pay people, but I'm thinking uh, if it's too, too bad, he may get rid of McCarthy and his staff as well. I don't think so, honestly. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jason Garrett, but you're right. I think he, he was a problem. I don't think he was the problem. I think that a lot of Cowboys fans thought, oh, he was the only problem, and that's just not the case. Um, you know, um, as, as you've seen, you know, there have been a lot of headlines this week, just this week, uh, from the Joneses, right? Uh, last Friday, Jerry Jones challenged the anonymous report about discontent in the locker room. Uh, two days ago, you and I were talking on Thursday. On Tuesday, uh, Jerry Jones told what the 105 to the fan host, the radio station he appears on, to shut up and let him answer. Um, you know, uh, on, on Wednesday night, it was reported uh, by ESPN with the exact quotes from Jerry Jones that the Cowboys cut Don Terry Poe because he was 30 pounds overweight. And so that's, you know, that's the bigger problem, right, is, is that we've got like multiple headlines this week that have nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. And um, wh while I certainly acknowledge that Mike McCarthy hasn't been flawless, hasn't been perfect, th there, are, there are two things that Mike McCarthy has done this season that I'm a huge fan of. And one was, was when he chose to go for two against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, which was debated a lot by a lot of people. Uh, but, but he hyped himself up as, as an analytically minded person. And that was an analytically sound decision in my mind. Um, so I support that. And I also support Mike McCarthy calling out the Cowboys for not defending Andy Dalton, because that is a major difference between he and Jason Garrett. You know, Mike McCarthy is, um, he's from the Pittsburgh area. He's a blue collar guy, you know, uh, wants to get his hands dirty, wants to do a lot of work. Uh, and, and that's not the culture that the Cowboys have had. The Cowboys are kind of a country club organization. Um, and so I think there's a, a battle of cultures, which is difficult for him to overcome. I also think the uniqueness of this year and, and not being able to properly implement what he wanted to do um, and, and the number of injuries. I, I think it's, it's very easy to understand how, how Mike McCarthy's plan could not be working right away. And so I'm certainly willing to give him a little bit more time because of, of all the problems that exist with the Cowboys, he's new. And um, I'd like to see what, what he can do given some more time. RJ, tell our listeners about uh, your website that you work for, Expedition, the boys' website you have. Tell them about blah, 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 the boys and how they can follow you and your staff and your writers, man, what you guys got going coming up for them. Every week for the Cowboys fans here in Atlanta, who I know there are a bunch of them here. So tell them about blogging the boys' Expedition, man. Sure. Um, I, uh, I work for SB Nation. I run our Dallas Cowboys website, bloggingtheboys.com, so you can check us out there. Uh, we, we create content in, in a number of ways, obviously, on the website. Uh, we're on social media, on Twitter at Blogging the Boys, Instagram, blogging.theboys. Uh, you can like our Facebook page. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a podcast network ourselves. We have multiple shows that go out every single day. Uh, because we know there's a lot going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. One of our managing editors, David Halperin, actually lives in the Atlanta area. So, um, you know, it's, it's a near and dear place uh, in the blog of the boys' heart. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Uh, and so, um, you know, th these are tough times uh, for the Cowboys. But, uh, but I can promise you this. I, I can guarantee you this, that, that as bad as the Cowboys might be, they will always be incredibly interesting, which is what we sort of exist for. I mean, this this past week, their defensive coordinator, who uh, a lot of people are displeased with, uh, got Tabasco in his eyes. Yes. And so, um, you know, 
That's that's the kind of thing that seems to only happen to the Dallas Cowboys. And so whatever happens, we'll have you covered at Blogging the Boys. As my daddy says, as the Cowboys turn, RJ. So he says, so far, as the Cowboys turn, always. For sure, my man. Well, RJ, thank you for your time today, man. Stay safe. We'll talk, talk to you real soon. Hopefully, it's up coming to Atlanta, man. Hope to see you in person, man, once this pandemic stuff dies down, my brother. Sounds good, man. Hope Penny Hardaway was awesome. And uh, if, if I'm the second coolest guy you had on today, I'll, I'll take that as a high honor. Hey, you are, man. You are. It was Penny Hardaway, didn't you, brother? You running back up to Penny Hardaway, man. So I'm it's cool all with good. that. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, all right buddy. Have a good rest of your week. You too. Be good, buddy. Thank you, man. You too. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay Maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.